Um, yeah, I did know about the Saltburn soundtrack being super indie sleazed out before I recommended we do it. Okay, okay. Have, that makes sense. We have Melly back, who did our first indie sleaze episode. Um, so we're back to I talk about I was like, oh Saltburn, my God, this is, is a- going to be perfect. Yeah, to talk about with Melly, but I didn't, I guess you already knew that. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that too. As soon as the, as soon as, because I have no idea what Saltburn was at all. And as soon as the opening credits happened... Thank you. I Thank you, Melly. I was about to laugh. I was like, A doesn't give me any like, credit because sometimes I come across so retarded. But I do, so, it's really I do think about thematic things here and there. Yeah, well, it has so much uh, to do with your posting, your numerous posting themes. <laughs> Jacob Elordi yeah. and what <laughs> Yes, it has Jacob Elordi and... A character I would say is vaguely molested, which I've come out strong uh, in that. You can't stance. say that, Q. You never mm. know who you might trigger with with that kind of thing. Yeah, and it has lots of indie sleaze, and yeah, it has homoerotic tension, but no actual gay sex. Actually, no, there is some gay sex. There's a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, there's yeah. <laughs> 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 not between the not between the two leads. All right, well let's let's do a proper introduction. So we have Melly with us. Say oh, hi, yeah. Melly, and tell them about your podcast real quick. Hi, I've got a podcast called Now Then, um, and yeah, I actually tried to. I had an amazing episode that I was going to put out today with Simone Wild Food Diary. Do you know who that is? Oh no, she's an Instagram account. Um, She's like this amazing person. We recorded this thing. I went to edit it today and it's all warbled and didn't work. So the world, everything's all wrong in the world now then. I need to get, I yeah, need to get back on track. Yeah, there's an episode together you know, and down and out. Haven't London, recorded for really ages and now, you know, I need, I need a good episode. So one of you, um, both of you, come back Well, on, like, you will get back on track. We are, track. we also took a break for a little while. So this will be our first well, I guess we did really spend these episodes. Anyway, whatever. This will be our first one we're, we're recording. First recording in the new year. Yeah. So happy new year. Melly's our first guest in the new year. Um, so just to qu- in case, I, I mean, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't assume that everyone knows what Saltburn is because obviously you two didn't. But if you're gay, you probably already know what it is because it's been very heavily promoted on gay Twitter. But if you're not gay, it's a movie. <laughs> Even my, my IRL friends were like, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, it's a movie. I think it's, I, could, I guess I wouldn't call it an indie film. Emerald and Fennel is pretty big, but it's a, it stars Jacob Elordi and Barry Cogan. I'm not going to try to, is that how you say it? It's Irish. Melly, you probably know. You know what? I really don't know. Cause okay. like, <laughs> I thought it would be Kean, but I don't know. I don't know. You're probably okay. Okay, we'll go with Kian. That sounds more Irish. Anyway, Barry Kian and he's um and they're it's kind of like a riff on it's like a ripoff of talented Mr. Ripley, I would say. There's a a guy who's uh really kind of obsessed with this other guy, Jacob Alordi, who's a lord and has all this money and he's sort of we're gonna spoil it, so just get ready for that. But he's yeah, sort we're of doing a, that. So we're doing so spoilers right Yeah, there. we'll spoil we'll spoil it and everything. But he um he basically inserts himself into this wealthy family's life and uh, over the course of the movie kind of takes over their whole thing and ends up killing them all. So there you go. And that's how it ends. So 
<laughs> but there's a lot that happens in between those things. Um, it reminded yeah. me of one thing. I think you tweeted it before, Q, about like, literally are gay men the only people who like watch movies now? Because it seems like everything <laughs> is like fan service for like gay dudes, basically. It kind of does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I think that's, I think it's a astute observation. I think it's gay men and like, women who read romance novels are the only people who watch movies because tons of um, romance novels are also gay, but they're exclusively read by women. Mm. And I think those two groups are the only people who are watching any movies, women who read <laughs> romance novels and gay guys. <laughs> and this is very much in that vein. You know? And I mean, I did enjoy this, this film, but yeah, like it would not have even been on my radar really. No, same because yeah. Yeah, because when you asked, when you said you wanted to talk about it, um, I'd heard of it, but actually, I don't even know if I'd heard of it. And then you mentioned, like, Q, you mentioned Dark Academia. I didn't know what it was at all, and I thought it was going to be some super random, like, American thing. Um, but yeah. what I had noticed is everyone, mainly gay people, talking about Jacob Elordi on the timeline. <laughs> but I didn't know where he'd sprang from. I, I haven't seen Priscilla, and I hadn't yet seen this, so I didn't really get like why everyone was suddenly going on about him but now I yeah get he was in this show called euphoria which was like really popular also yeah, amongst gay people right <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i don't know it's an it's an interesting the the uh, the, the woman did uh the her first movie was promising young woman which was sort of at like the height of me too um and she sort yeah. of did like a like the ultimate me too movie although that movie i thought kind of sucked but um anyway this is her second second bat at the second swing of the um, (laughs) swing of the bat um yeah (laughs) gaily swinging a bat yes (laughs) i was um surprised that this was a british director um because it felt to me like i've noticed something recently on streaming sites where there'll be English period pieces or like things that are like very English but it was it's sort of like just catering to an American fetish and it's usually by like an American production company maybe even like an American director or producer or something so I was really surprised but to be fair it's M Metro Goldwyn Mayer um with Amazon so that'll be why but I was so surprised when I found out that she wasn't American because you know the way that Saltburn goes it ends up like a lifetime movie in the end yeah like, when people on the when amy when amy and maybe you as well q on the timeline um were sort of disappointed with where it went and how it was ending it was going so well in the first half i was loving it so much that when i saw this on the timeline i was like you guys are mental like this there's no way this is going to go bad this is great like you're just being too critical <laughs> and it just went absolutely down the shitter in like an insane way yeah, she 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 can't she can't uh, do a landing because I thought Promising Young Woman was also like very stylish and cool, and then at the end you find out she's like just lecturing the date rapists, like she's not like killing them or anything, and you're kind of like, and I was laughing last night because I was hanging out with Basil and I was laughing about how like those dudes were just like that crazy bitch and just like. <laughs> went back to their life. Like that movie was so lame. I was like, I was like, she's not killing them. What? 
Um, For what it's worth, I actually enjoyed the ending, although it was insane. <laughs> I mean, it did, it did like go off the rails, but I was like, whatever. I mean, I wasn't like taking it the whole thing like very seriously. So, well, we can move through it a little bit. So, like, it opens with um, Barry Keen. He's he's like going to Oxford. And he's a scholarship student and he kind of is, um, he, I guess Oxford, maybe you could tell us, maybe you don't know Melly, I don't know, but Oxford, I guess has these, I've seen, I've watched a lot of dark academia. So Oxford has these like tutorials, I guess, in your first year where it's like you and one other person with a professor that doesn't seem like that exists really in American university systems. Mm. Um, But yeah, so he ends up in this tutorial with this guy named Farley who plays like a sinister mulatto homosexual <laughs> and Farley is the half black cousin of Jacob Elordi's character who's named Felix who plays um the I guess in English parlance you would call that he's an aristocrat right like he's a yeah yeah he's the son of a lord Mm. Um, and they have an, an ancestral home called Saltburn. Mm. Um, and so he gets really kind of, he's, and they, and he, they name Barry Keen's character, Oliver Quick. So it's like very much like a, I feel like Dickens reference or something. Um, and he gets, he gets really obsessed with Felix really fast and they start hanging out and they start drinking and kind of hooking up with the same girls. And then Felix gets kind of over him. And then very quickly his mother dies. This all gets revealed to not quite be true, <laughs> but his father dies. And then oh, Felix, yeah. yeah. And then Felix invites him to uh, come spend the summer in Saltburn. I think um, it's Farley, if I remember correctly, his surname was like, is it smart? Like Farley smart. And yeah. that makes sense to me because as it's revealed, they're sort of competing against each other to be the um, little like lap dogs, little spoiled little lap dogs of the aristocratic family. So it makes sense that their surnames are somewhat similar and they're representing like a similar feeling, like quick and smart. Oh yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. And uh, I guess the opening sequence, I loved it. I mean, I did think it was very like dark academia. They do a lot of the stuff Americans like the, the like, you know, the Oxford and the shadowy halls and the balls and all that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was, it was really pretty. I wish dark academia didn't get, wasn't so, hadn't gotten so cringe. Cause like, I know that you, I know A definitely hasn't seen this, but maybe you have, Melly. Is the like TikTok dark academia stuff? It's all like. Yeah, what, 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 can we just back up for a second? What is dark academia? I thought, I so, dark academia is like a genre of novel, which I guess like the most famous example was like The Secret History by Donna Tartt, maybe. And it's like, there's some sort of like mystery, but it's like, it's all about like, you know, the kid, the kids are all wearing like. <laughs> argyle like, and sort of like <laughs> adult harry potter or something um i yes. had this tweet once that was saying that <clears throat> dark academia is just called being english and <laughs> i really stand by that because i feel see I, I, in answer to your question i haven't seen the tiktok stuff because i don't go on tiktok because i'm too old and i'm already too overstimulated even just using right. 
Instagram and Twitter. I barely ever, barely even look on Instagram because I can't take it on there. So I definitely <laughs> cannot. If I if I ever go on TikTok and in a rare occasion that I go on it, I have to manually turn the sound all the way down on my actual phone, not even on the app, because it's so <laughs> terrifying when you just click on TikTok and it's all like those loud noises that you don't seem to be able to stop coming out coming out. It's of- so stressful. I agree. It gives me like <laughs> schizophrenic feelings. Yeah. So I haven't seen any of those things, but I decided long ago that basically what dark academia is is um an american expression of being british yeah it's like an obsession with and like the and like it's british person basically yeah and it's always like you set in the uk there's no like harvard or no there's there's examples set in the u.s too i've never even i've only seen a little bit of gossip girl but that feels sort of dark academia style yeah in fact did you um a did you ever used to watch buffy the vampire slayer i i have seen some of it yeah (laughs) giles um the library guy me he sums up like the feeling of um where dark academia maybe began like in the the american mind (laughs) but what it's become now is like there's all these kids on tiktok who like want to dress up as dark academia like so they're wearing like you know kind of like british boarding school type clothes and things like that i think Um, okay so is that where i remember seeing this picture of these two nerds on twitter and they had their pants like pulled up to their nips basically (laughs) Was that? Do you do you know what I'm talking about? You mean the two gay guys? Oh yeah, maybe that's you know those what two it was. gay English guys that go yeah. around and have like lunch together and they're walking around like. Being oh, like, yeah. I hope that's dark academia. They're just sort of like British faggots. <laughs> but okay, no, no, I no, mean, not those guys. I do know who you're talking. Oh. about. <laughs> anyway, dark academia is just this genre. But the, I think that's what's gotten sad about it. As someone who like loves the the literary genre, is that like the books have gotten worse and worse, and like now it's like queer POC dark academia. You know what I mean? Like about this and us too. Q, you you really know your stuff about dark academia. Yeah, well, I I love it, but I mean, like, I, that's one thing I was happy about with Saltburn is it kind of returned to like it's not trying to be like woke at all. It's just like hot college students at you know doing hot college students things at like a college like that's like what that's what's supposed to be like fun about it you know and there's like always like a mystery element but like the new ones have gotten very like scoldy like you know we have to insert all this give give the give kids a lesson about being trans in the dark academia novel or whatever um but yeah, I love I loved the first part. The first part was really like a fever dream. And then I loved when they first get to Saltburn and they're having fun. Um, they do like time to pretend. They have the soundtrack and I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. Like hey, you said um that you weren't taking it that seriously. See, I actually was. And the reason I was taking it seriously is I, f- I kind of grew to feel stupid about this partway through once it turned into a <laughs> lifetime movie, but um Basically, the main character, what's his name again? The Barry Keane guy. What's his actual name? In Oliver. Oliver, yeah. Um, so that the experience of just being like what we thought was just a ordinary northern person, um, like working class northerner going somewhere as somewhere like Oxford, and how alienating that experience is. Like he turns up and he thinks that you know, everyone's new there, but he goes into the hall, maybe the first night when they're all having dinner, it's like this beautiful candlelit 
dinner party in this big hall and it feels very Harry Potter in that mm-hmm. in that scene and he goes to sit down and the only person he can sit with is this other northerner this quite, quite like unlikable like man <laughs> and with glasses on and like Oliver thinks that no one else is going to know each other, but the other Mank guy is like, yeah, mate, look, look around you. Do they look like they don't know each other? And, you know, you have this realisation that everyone's already in with each other. They know each other through like these aristocratic and community ties and whatever. Um, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, boarding schools. Yeah. And I was like, I was really, I was really like on board with that because yeah, as, the token northerner at a very posh art school that I somehow managed to get into in Falmouth. It wasn't unlike the situation I went through myself and it was the same time period. So the entire soundtrack is all the songs that I was listening to. Oh yeah. So I was like, I was watching it like, Whoa, like you two have really picked this well. Um, But then it just, you know, as it went on and the story changed, I was like a bit disappointed because it, Wait, let's stick with that for a minute, because before yeah. A got here, we were talking about how um, it's maybe, like, the first, like, aughts period piece. Yeah, that's you a really I... interesting way to look at it, because mm-hmm. it was giving me, it was making me feel something at the time, and I couldn't articul- articulate it, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, because it's like, you you get there, and they say it's class of 2006, so I'm assuming it's 2003 at the beginning of the movie, um, which... Yeah. I was a teenager, and I guess you were, were you also a teenager? 2006, like at the beginning when they're all arriving at Oxford. Well, that was something I was confused about. It says class of 2006, so would that mean that's the year they come in or the year they graduate? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it said class of 2006. Yeah, in 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 the US, that means like your graduating year. I don't know if it means something different. Yeah, that's what it means to us. Oh, that's a shame because... Uh, yeah, for some reason I read that wrong, and especially with the music, because yeah, I went to uni around that time, so I thought that's when they were starting. But yeah, you're well, probably- it was confusing too, because yeah, I entered college in two thousand seven, and all the music also felt very much like you know close to that, my college experience. Yeah, yeah. what I kind um, of what I kind of read it as what it might have meant, which this wouldn't make much sense, but this is this is why I read it that it meant that like they had just all left school, like the class. Yeah. They were coming from college or like sixth form to like start Oxford. That I mean, it, 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 wrong. it being 2003 doesn't make sense with the soundtrack because oh, the really? soundtrack is all songs that came out like yeah. 2005, like, 6, 7. Like, it's getting hard in here. So technically, <laughs> <laughs> like, the bell even began by 2003. It was all like Kerrang uh, or Nelly. Okay, well, yeah, say- no, it says on, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, it says in autumn 2006. Okay, so, okay, great. Yeah, so that's so, good. And that makes so then more we, sense with the music. Yeah, then we can call it definitely an aughts period piece. And like all the songs I recognize too from uh, my college experience, and they do a lot, like the way they're dressed, like I felt like they sort of styled the sister. She kind of like is dressing a little like Paris Hilton-y. And they're all reading Harry Potter. So they definitely like, which I also thought was very um, mid 2000s. So yeah, I, I, I liked it for that reason, for sure. I felt like it was really atmospheric and it did make me feel really nostalgic, you know. No, totally. And like, yeah, my real life experience obviously wasn't ext- as extreme as Oxford because that's next level. But I could definitely relate to that polarizing experience of just being like an ordinary person who's suddenly around all of these very extreme poshos like there was members of like russian royalty and like kids of lords and ladies at my university 
Um, wow. But because it was an art school, it was a bit more informal and laid back, obviously, because it was an art school rather than being Oxford University. But yeah, Rose Lydon, who I spoke to today, Simone Vile Food Diary, she's at Oxford right now. Um, oh, wow. Having that experience. And she's just sort of, she's just, she's just like a working class person from rural Wales. Um, and yeah, she's in Oxford. She's literally having this experience. And it, it looks fabulous, to be honest. <laughs> It's funny because like that's one part of the movie that I think it's it would be hard for Americans to relate to because here it's like kind of difficult to like tell who the rich people are at any college when you first get there. I mean, maybe it's different. I didn't go to Harvard, so I don't know. Maybe Harvard is different. Maybe you do meet a bunch of people from like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think at the elite schools, it is different. Like I have friends who went to some of those schools and it is like your social state, like everybody kind of knows the, the lay of the land and your social status is like predetermined by that to some degree. Mm. Yeah. Well, I didn't go to anywhere near to an elite school and it was what hard to tell. It was- I thought, because to be fair, mine wasn't really, but it was just posher than going to one and like, and it's still kind of posh. But you, which one did you go? Which I maybe don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll not talk about college on here. <laughs> Our, either of our colleges. But yeah, um, no, I just, I yeah, anyway, that, was, that wasn't relatable to my experience. But the music and all the stuff was and the party scenes, the, those all felt like, I was even laughing at when he's uh, at the karaoke when that guy is singing um shorty got low 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 i remember that being at like frat houses and stuff when i was in college um anyway so the story goes on he gets to saltburn and um he meets felix's family which includes um his sister who i thought this actress was great i had never heard of her but um whoever plays the sister i thought was awesome venetia um, <laughs> venetia yeah and he meets his mom who's uh was also great what's that lady's name god damn well, rosamund pike yes rosamund pike was awesome she was so funny he grant was in a i love him the dad is just do americans know who he is i didn't recognize him oh god because he's like He's I did like a, him though. Famous actor over here. He was okay. he was in um with Nail and I, um, How to Get Ahead in Advertising. He's been in like countless things. He's like one of the most famous actors in this country. And yeah, he was I, great. They were they 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 their couple their them as a couple was so funny. Yeah. It was like very believable. You could tell that he was like he's the one with the money, she's the one who was like pretty and cool you know what i mean all of her references to her like past lesbian days and her modeling and stuff like that and then um carrie mulligan plays this character that i thought was really funny called pamela who is um just oh, a friend i didn't even realize that was carrie mulligan i know and she, she looks rough yeah she's only she's she's only a couple years older than us she's like 38 wow i know okay. It's she looked rough, but um, maybe maybe it was makeup. Sorry, Carrie Mulligan. Not that you're gonna listen to this. Maybe it was. Maybe they made you look rougher than you than you are. It's kind of weird. Like, even though she plays like a dopey idiot, like it really made me think that Carrie Carrie Mulligan has got range because she seemed so unlike her that it was difficult for me to process that it was Carrie Mulligan. So she was doing something right. Yeah. No, I yeah. Really didn't know that. I mean, in the, in the, I like that character was good, but yeah. No, yeah. She was know. funny. She plays this, like it, she kind of sets up the, like who, how these people act, which I, I do. I, I've met some really rich people that are like this. Like, I feel like when you're, super rich and you have like a giant house like you don't care if people are sort of like staying or yeah. staying there and I know people who are like that who kind of always seem to have like 
a house guest or two. And it's like, they have such a big place. It doesn't really, I mean, not many people, but I've met a few people who seem to live that sort of life. And um, yeah, so they set that up early with this like weird Carrie Mulligan character who's like, just kind of like a hanger on, you know. I relate um, to that so much like those people because <laughs> like those parents, the way they're talking about Oliver before he comes into the room about how, you know, because he's from he's from Liverpool and he's like, they were talking about his like parents being alcoholics and how that, they were just talking about it in a very upper class way, like talking about him as if he's like some poor little specimen or something. Um, yeah, then, what does Carrie Mulligan say? She says something like, I really do think that does happen more with the poor yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that, <laughs> like his sad alcoholic life. Yeah, and then like, um, I really related to like how once Oliver, once Oliver came in, they're all being like too nice to him, so nice to him and treating him like he's this um, special, like strange thing that they've never seen before. Um, I've met like, I've met people like that, like people's parents. And then Venetia, like she reminds me of this girl that was at my university who was really beautiful and blonde and posh, who after she left Falmouth, just went to London and just started smoking heroin. Like, she, like she's from like a really posh background. You could do whatever you want. She probably still ended up being successful, but she went through like a, smoking heroin phase which is you know it's only really like the very upper class and the very lower class people who seem to engage in that behavior <laughs> it's like that thing do you know the 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 yeah the low iq to high iq thing that- yes it is like that and it is true because the middle class has to like work and keep their middle class respectability mm-hmm. so they <laughs> they can't just smoke heroin all day she like, looked like venetia like this girl that i know like it was it was really strange there was so many parts of it that i was like wow this really reminds me of a farmer's experience in like many many ways i thought that actress was great it is one thing i'll say funny too about all of them calling oliver's family alcoholics is like they're clearly alcoholics i know like they get wasted every night and the only reason it's not a problem for them is because they're so fucking loaded that they can get wasted every night and just go like you know pass out in their beds and someone's gonna wake them up and someone's gonna make them you know like they don't have to do anything so um anyway so he gets there and then pretty quickly i think that um well there's a reveal that he has a big dick which we do see later in the movie because he takes his pants off in the field um which i thought was interesting because that kind of is when they start seeing him as like an object of desire like they stop feeling sorry for him and they sort of i think they like shift a little bit in the movie and he becomes like a maybe like a sexual conquest of some type um and then he begins to have like opportunistic sexual experiences first with venetia i guess we should talk about the scene um he goes he goes down and sees her she's sitting below his window and uh basically they end up having period sex is how i would describe it but it was very graphic yeah period oral sex worse than period sex they just take it really far don't they (laughs) it was very graphic it was definitely like a seduction scene um i don't know what did you guys think of it it was pretty graphic i would say i mean it was very graphic like i enjoyed just like the spectacle of it and i kind of appreciated that they were like willing to go there i I liked the sexual fluidity of this film of um i guess if something was made in the noughties if that's what we call it i don't (laughs) say like the oos because i feel stupid saying the noughties but um if something would have been made in that period of time of that moment it would have been it wouldn't have been as sexually fluid but in this 
it felt like everybody was bisexual and like sexuality didn't mm-hmm. even matter. Everyone's just opportunistically trying to fuck everybody else, like maybe even their own relatives. Which is kind yeah, of how it, it was a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, was, very, yeah. that's very um indicative of, of posh people who've been to boarding school as well, because uh-huh. in British boarding schools there's this phenomenon called fagging, which you might have heard of. <laughs> um, and I know people who've been to boarding school have told me about this, where the youngest boys get taken on by the oldest boys and what that means is they beat them up all the time really brutally they're really they get them to do all the errands for them they're like very physically abusive to them and mentally abusive and sexually abusive they make them do like sexual favors the youngest boys are basically their slaves that's what fagging is um and then the older you get in a boarding school then you become the people at the top of the chain and i've had people tell me about this in great detail um so it makes sense to me in saltburn that that's the result of that would be these guys who are very um yeah they, they all seemed very molested um don't god basil's gonna like love this section of the pod but yeah um yeah it does seem like they're all yeah they all i mean they even reference it a lot like he talks about like his abuse at boarding school and but it's all sort of funny it's like all very like light light-hearted um but that is the way we talk about things though to be honest yeah no and i i thought it was true of i feel like that's how people talked about things when i was younger too everything wasn't so i feel like in the last 15 years people have gotten very into like all this like therapy speak you know what i mean so like everything is kind of like layered in this like you know like oh my trauma and i'm working through my trauma but like i don't remember when i was younger anyone talked about anything like that like even a traumatic experience they would talk about kind of like these characters talked about you know yeah. what i mean like, like people would just thought you were like boring and like rolled out for feeling sorry for yourself and like rolled out <laughs> i think it's a healthier approach to be yeah, honest yeah so do i do you know that scene that all the tiktokers keep mimicking of the running through the house thing um yes like one bit there that humor is in the way that we've just described that i liked was when Jacob Bellardi, I keep, oh, Felix, when he's called Felix, when Felix, like, oh, and that's the bit where I accidentally fingered my own cousin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, in, the incest <laughs> insertion. And I also, I also appreciated the, even though it was a little grossing me out as a gay guy, and then just, I think it was probably be gross for most people, because they're like making out with the period blood just to, really give the view yeah, like the fingers list. and mouth and like all kinds all over yeah head. but i thought what was sort of like night like cool about the scene or whatever is like it just i feel like sex scenes and movies for a while got very like like right after me too they got like really sanitized you know what i mean like there was sort of like not really anything that felt like but like these the sex scenes in this movie felt sort of complicated yeah, and there was like a and a bit sort of like pushing some kind of boundaries in some kind of way rather than just being like boring yeah and- yeah i mean he definitely like seduced her and it was like yeah anyway i appreciated the complex like you you actually see some complexity like in how these characters are interacting yeah. um even if it was kind of gross to watch um and then i guess we'll keep just moving through the plot the very next day felix is kind of mad that he did that with venetia and um he venetia's underneath the window again all, i felt kind of bad for her in this scene she's all dressed up it's and she looks like a sparkly little dress yeah she looked really cute and he he kind of rejects her he doesn't go down and again um and so that kind of this is the beginning of him sort of fucking up 
you think he's fucking up. You realize it's all part of the plan, but um, then they, then they have that long dinner. They have that scene with the, at the dinner party. I thought that was really funny. That black, black, black actress was great when she's like talking about her family. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah. And he's like, how many, he's like, Oh, that's lovely. How long have you been married? And she's like, why would that be lovely? They're talking about her husband. And then he's like, sorry. And then he goes, how many kids do you have? And she goes two. no, three but you see that's the thing about school you don't really have to see them yeah, yeah. um there's so, <laughs> so many different ways in which um there's so many layers to how well things were done in Saltburn, which is why i took it seriously and which is why i was disappointed when it turned into a lifetime movie because <laughs> like the characters are very accurate like that lady that the black lady you just mentioned that absolutely is a type of person you would meet in certain situations in like if you're in like the financial district of London or something and you're at some kind of event. Um, and yeah, like I, I loved it. I was, I was very, I was still very invested and her, and her husband singing on karaoke. Yeah. Like, yes. He was so funny. embarrassing. And it was funny because it's like, I do feel like, again, like that's maybe it's a stereotype, but really rich people do kind of interact with their kids like <laughs> that, like sort of keeping them at like arms, <laughs> arms length. Um, yeah. So then they have the karaoke scene. This is where I, this is where I felt it started to go off the rails, to be honest, because I thought this could have been really interesting because Farley gets him to sing this Pet Shop Boys song. I think it's the Pet Shop Boys, right? Um, and it's called Rent, and it's like I was wondering if that was a real song because it was, I think it was. I think it's the Pet Shop Boys. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. I've heard the it Pet is. Shop Boys. I've never heard that one, but it was. It was because the song. I, I thought when he started singing the song, something like this was going to happen. But then I was like, what possible song could they find that was going to? How could they find a song that would humiliate him by singing it? But they did, didn't they? That's what. Yeah, and but I but I thought what was going to happen, and this is where I, I felt like it was a, the first missed opportunity. Is I thought Farley and him we're going to sort of like compete in some way. And I was like interested to see these two like kind of outsiders, maybe like have like a real competitive moment or whatever, but like they kind of like drop the ball on that. Like they don't really deal with it. And then they have, Immediately, I like that scene though, because then because because Oliver is like when when he gets handed the mic or whatever and realizes like the what song he's singing and it's like about like I love you because you pay my rent. Then he's like, oh Farley, this is your song too, and like yeah, he, he does kind of get Farley back just kind of like rolls with it though, and he's yeah like, yeah and Farley just does it with like some swag and like isn't mm-hmm. embarrassed by it and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Farley also is like has is do is doing what oliver's doing but has been doing it clearly much longer mm-hmm. so he knows how to, he knows that like part of the way you stay in with yeah. these people is you have to be interesting and entertaining and potentially even sexually available yeah. and like these are these are the ways that you stay that you get these rich people to stay interested in you because they don't need you for anything besides and they, they're constantly referencing that too like with pamela carrie mulligan's character they're like oh, you think she'd be interesting, but she's really just boring. So it's like the worst thing to be to these people is boring, right? Like you Farley, have to be, yeah. yeah. And like Farley has got to have, he's got to be aware of a couple of things too, such as like the race aspect of, you right. know, all of the servants, the the main guy, like the evil butler guy, he's white obviously, <laughs> um, but all of his like underlings are black guys. Um, and Farley is the only other person who's like black in some way apart from the actual servants and I feel like he's very aware of that I thought that there was going to be some kind of storyline somewhere within it that like maybe his mum had had like 
an affair with one of the servants and he was the mm. result of it. I don't know. I thought they might have gone down that route, but he was born in America. So that was another thing that made me. He's, he's clearly sleeping with the servants though. They, they, they oh, do yeah. have that, like, they have that, like, kind of yeah. like ref reference. I think that's what made me think, wonder if it was like his dad. Yeah. But, um, that was also why it made me think it was an American production because it felt like they gratu- gratuitously had an American character in it, which made me think, oh, is this <laughs> is this an American thing? Because usually in British shows like this that aren't made for an American audience, we just wouldn't have American people in it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. But also, so Farley it was blood related, right? Like yes. his mom was the Lord Dad's guy's sister. sister. Yeah. I actually mistakenly thought that Pamela was, was his mom for quite a long time. And then when <laughs> she died and no one cared, I went to a funeral. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I know these people are callous, but like that's next level callous that no one even went to a funeral when it was Farley's mom. But it wasn't, was it? His mom was some other broad who's like, where is she? Yeah, from? she's like in, she like lives in, I think they say California. And I guess that was also very British because like even being the Lord's sister, it's like, doesn't the man get yeah, everything? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is it still like the man inherits the title or whatever? Um, well, what, wait, what was, what's the situation? Well, the situation seemed to be that the sister ran off to America and had an some sort of relationship with a black man in America, obviously. And that's but how she Farley... Was all, she needed to always ask for money. She needed to ask for money from the brother. Probably. Um, yeah, yeah. It, so she, so it, it's clear that even though she was from this rich family, she doesn't have money herself. Yeah, really. I think it probably does. That's the way it works in the royal family, I think. So I guess that's the way it work, would work. Also, I think it said at some point that she got involved with some guy and like spent all of the money. So maybe she did have some and then... She kind of blew through it, yeah. Um, yeah, so Farley, yeah, they, we do see that he has to ask for money for his mom a lot. And then that night is when Felix sort of accosts him in bed and they have that tense <laughs> sexual <laughs> encounter. Or Oliver, yeah, sorry. Oliver oh, yeah, yeah, when, oh, yeah, when Oliver goes <laughs> and gets on top of Farley. Yeah, Um so he does that. <laughs> and then the next morning, Farley gets kicked out of the estate for allegedly like trying to sell those like shitty, I don't know what they were, bowls that the <laughs> that, that the dad had, <laughs> the art bowls. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of already know that like Felix uh, or Oliver made that happen. Um, but he kind of gets Farley out of the way, at least for the time being. Um there yeah. was like hints of before the big reveal of Oliver's plan all along. There was hints that he was doing that because do you remember when he was reading that um, book about oh, what's it called Wedgwood? No, no, it was whatever those. Yeah, the balls. He's reading the book. He's reading the book about the balls. Yeah, he found the book in his bedroom and he was like feigning interest in these balls, and the dad was impressed because no one ever knew. No one ever usually knew what the balls were, so he would, mm-hmm. you could see that he was doing that there. I com- I completely missed that actually, but that makes sense. Yeah, and you kind of get the impression the butler has his number. Uh-huh. Like the butler seems to be like kind of suspicious of his whole like thing that he's doing. He's um, always kind of lurking. Yeah, right. yeah, because at first, like uh, Felix diffuses it when he first arrives because the butler seems really threatening and quite scary in this very passive aggressive British butler type of way. Um, but then Felix is like, "No, can you stop being like super terrifying to my friends?" And that diffuses <laughs> the feeling for a few moments. But yeah, then you realize that the butler is a very like formidable person. But they they could have done so much more with 
Okay, I feel like they could have done so much more with firstly the butler and how formidable he was and also the relationship between Oliver and Farley because can you imagine, right, in the situation where when all of those people died, Farley is the only living heir to all of that. Considering to the estate, considering how ruthless Farley was the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in- oh, that was so unrealistic. Like at yeah. the end when when, when, when yeah. Oliver gets gets everything and I'm like, wait, Farley would absolutely, this, that bitch, like yeah. he would absolutely yeah. show up and try uh-huh. to... He would try to fuck with something. There'd be, oh, there'd be no trying. Like when the deaths start happening, before before Oliver even bumps into um, the mum in the coffee shop or whatever, which he's obviously engineered to be the case. Farley would have been in there like from definitely ages before, like as soon as the dad got ill or whatever. But I guess they're insinuating that Oliver somehow kills the dad, aren't they? They killed everybody. I wonder how he got. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think that the dad we're supposed to believe just killed himself. Oh, that's what that's what really? I thought had happened. That was my impression. The dad had died because she says something. I don't know where I got this from, and maybe I got it from the newspaper he's reading, or um, and then Rosamund Pike's character says something like, "I was surprised he held on for so long." Oh yeah. After the kids died, which to me made me feel like maybe he just. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah would... it does say, again, the Wikipedia here, <laughs> uh, Oliver reads about James's death in a newspaper. I thought it, I thought the newspaper said suicide or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, what, what those people the, had, yeah. what they'd gone through is horrible. So we haven't even talked about this yet, but basically the next thing that happens is the night of the um, birthday party for Oliver and they have oh, a yeah. midsummer. I have an issue with this, this plot. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to hear your issue with it, but first thing I'll say before I go to a with this issue is I, that also was another scene that felt very nostalgic to me. Cause I do feel maybe they're still in and I'm just old. So I don't go to parties anymore. But when I was in college, the slutty fairy party was a standard. <laughs> that was a standard party, a standard yearly party of like, you dressed up like a slutty fairy. All right. What was your problem with the scene? Well, well, the, <laughs> The main, the, okay, so before, so they set up this big thing there. The family is throwing Oliver a birthday party at Saltburn. But um, earlier on that day, um, Jacob Alordi, Felix, takes Oliver back to visit Forgot his family, who Oliver claims that his family is all like drug addicts and alcoholics, and his dad is dead, uh, you know, a drunk who you know, fell on his face and killed himself or something. And, um, and, and Felix is like, well, no, you know, I don't think you should give up on your family. You need to visit them or whatever. So he takes him, he said on a surprise outing or whatever, Oliver doesn't know where they're going at first, but then when they're getting close, he realizes it. And, um, and then of course, when they get there, it's revealed that like he had been lying about his family. They're very like nice, normal, like middle-class family or whatever. Um, But to me, that was like, if he thought his whole like jig was going to be up with this reveal, right? Like, wouldn't he have done like whatever it takes to like make sure that he didn't, didn't go there and see his family. Yeah, like the well, idea mum has got a phone number to just call him at Saltburn is like insane. Uh-huh. No, she I think I think she it was supposed to be she called the cell phone and all and all and Felix picked it up. That's what I thought happened. 
Even that's not that believable. Also, like... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> super autistic and pedantic here, but, like, the idea of... Because I'm from, like, very close to where Olive is meant to be from. Like, I looked it up and this Prescott, which I've never even heard of, is, like, in between Liverpool and Manchester. It's literally from very close to me. The idea of someone driving me from, like, Oxford area to where I'm from... I would know what that looked like so well that, like, it's so realistic. But I guess they had to do it like that. What other way could they have really... I was confused, too. I was like, is England just, like, so small? Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, where? how do they get, like, this seems like it was, everything was so close. This is one um, and another thing that sort of pandered into American audiences because for the things that are made for us, like, do you know that End of the Fucking World program? Did you watch that? Um did you watch that show that was called End of the Fucking World? I, no. I resent that. Oh, yes, 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 with the kids. Not like a swear word in the title, but it has. So <laughs> in that, like, I felt like that program very much got across the feel and the geography of the UK in this, like, way that is the way we feel about it. But in this, actually, the idea, I feel like that journey from Oxford back to Prescott was pandering to this American idea of, like, you know, you could just drive there in a minute and... It, <laughs> It wouldn't be like, but you know, they had to, if they're going to drive him back home, that's the only way they could have done it anyway. So whatever. Yeah. They had to just sort of take some liberties there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but that's I don't what know. I mean, even when, like, when Oliver realized where they were going, yeah. when he's driving, I would have just like flipped the fuck out and been like, no, we can't go. I'm not going you know, or whatever. Yeah. Rather. Yeah. It seems, I mean, it, it does seem weird. I agree. I mean, I think that the true psycho would really let his mum. Like, like basically, I'm already more like clever than Oliver is about stuff of like not letting people. I don't know. You just wouldn't let anyone know your phone normally because it's mm. weird to just leave your phone lying around like that where people could answer your phone. But especially not if you had some crazy master plan. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would absolutely freak out and try to derail the plans in oh, any way possible. And also, it's, I mean, it's, it's a horrible scene. I feel so bad for these parents. Like, yeah. they're, they're clearly like nice people. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's just so sad. Um, I, I, I guess my read on that, if to be a little bit generous, is that uh, I think Oliver kind of knew the jig was up. Like, he kind of knew that Felix, because it seemed like Felix kind of already knew that he was lying. Like, somehow, yeah, you he know. Was pushing so, it so hard, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah we're so, going to go meet your family. Yeah. Anyway, so that he basically he kills Felix that night, though. Um, so he does, he does get rid of him <laughs> really fast. So yeah, the party happens. It's a ridiculous, opulent party. Um, and, uh, he's kind of, it's really awkward and like humiliating kind of like, um, you haven't, at this point you haven't realized that Oliver's the predator, but yeah, it's like all these people are here. They don't even fucking know who Oliver is. And Felix is so mad at him because he lied that Felix is kind of just like, uh, you know, ignoring him. And he's just kind of like this comes across as this, like Oliver comes across as like simpering. I don't know. I hated him in this scene. And I, I, he was just kind of pathetic, you know, like c continuing to follow Felix around and trying to get his attention. Yeah. Anyway. And the party felt... Um... Very like Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, me. definitely. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was good that before we find um, that Felix is dead, they you in the opening shots in the morning, they show how disgusting the house is. Like the <laughs> bathrooms are gross and like there's throw up everywhere and like, and the servants have to clean it up. So they definitely showed like kind of the unglamorous side of being like, 
rich people who just party like that you know and yeah and they definitely really do have that side most of the time and they get away with it because they live in opulence normally or they've got this like default basis of opulence in this big estate but yeah no surprise that they kind of live like pigs yeah it was disgusting um so anyway they discover this is like when it becomes a lifetime movie i would argue mm. like at this point right so they discover felix dead and rosamund pike i, I don't e- this even felt unrealistic to me i don't know you tell me melly but the whole like they're trying to pretend she's gonna cling to her like british upper class like not show any emotions thing i thought that was kind of insane she's like we have to go have lunch like that didn't seem realistic. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm trying. Sorry, I was just trying to think then at which point I um, lost faith in it and thought it was ridiculous. I'm just trying to determine, like, what, is that where it was for you? <laughs> yeah, for me, that felt ridiculous. I was like, I don't believe this woman whose son is dead would be, a- I-, I don't, I didn't buy it that she would be acting like that. Like, I think she would take a, I think they would give her a tranquilizer and she would go like lay down in bed or something. Like, I just feel (laughs) like she would like, you know, like just. Like, I think it was ridiculous. The idea of them all having this lunch in the way that they did and they're all forced to eat. Yeah, that was, that wasn't realistic. That was too over the top. It is realistic to me though, that she would have no reaction and she would be Mm. that stiff upper lip thing. But that with the combination of the lunch was too much. I mean, I and thought it was lo- funny, and then they had the thing where Farley kind of freaks out because no one is, like, reacting <laughs> to the death, and then the dad, like, shouts at him for, like, being American and having emotions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And another bit that I thought, something I did think worked well in that scene um, was um, how the butler was trying to close the curtain. <laughs> yes. As the coroner was moving... Um, Felix's body past the window and the curtains got stuck on the rail so the butler was trying in the best way possible to close the curtains without pulling the bloody curtains down maybe I'm remembering this wrong but I feel like no, that's right I, no but I feel like the curtains were red but I might be remembering yeah, yes they, they were. were yeah and he the curtains were like stuck so he couldn't close them and everyone was shouting at him to close them I thought that worked pretty well but I think maybe the thing that sent me over the edge and I couldn't suspend disbelief anymore was um the girl, Venetia, she was just pouring red wine into a glass <laughs> yes. yeah. at lunch. Yeah. And, the, and it was spilling over and over and over. And th- like it reminded me of being in A-level theatre studies where you're yes. forming uh-huh. something to your class and it's like really over the top and silly and melodramatic. I think maybe that was the bit where it start- they started to lose me a little bit. But I was still kind of on board at this point. They were starting to lose me, but I was still kind of on board. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I it was ridiculous. Maybe this is just kind of my um, own thing where I was just kind of found it a little bit ridiculous the whole time. But then, OK, the part where he starts like fucking the dirt in the grave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that was definitely like by then I was like, OK, they're going to do some like totally yeah. just shock value stuff. So, yeah. So basically, Oliver, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I guess he does just basically fuck the grave or like masturbate. Because like, yeah, because at first when he was because um, the, the family go to the bridge, I guess, to did they do the They dropped the rock. They this, dropped the rock. This real thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, because Jacob Lodi was, that was his family's tradition or something. So they, yeah. so he 
went up to the bridge, but they wouldn't let Oliver go with them because it was a family situation. So I kind of felt for him at that point. He was like left alone. And then when he was on top of the grave and he was like really crying and upset, I found that very touching. Um, it was sort Before of- Before he fucks the grave. <laughs> yeah, it was like really sort of bringing a tear to my eye and I was really like on board. And then he started fucking the dirt. And it basically <laughs> the way I getting weird was he was crying and then he put his finger down in the dirt, like just below where he was, like he was putting his hands down the dead guy's pants. And I was like, oh, this is a bit. And then he started fucking the dirt. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. That was definitely for like the gay audience just to get him naked. And yeah, he just stripped completely down and like dug out a little like dirt butthole and started like (laughs) pounding it oh yeah but we forgot to mention that there is kind of an we forgot the the scene everyone's talking about or at least all the gay guys are talking about where he sucks the cum bathwater. oh yeah oh god that was gross i didn't like it either it did not do anything for me okay i thought that was had some symbolic value right because he's like so he's literally trying to kind of become these people and ingest them and then right. next to the period blood thing too where he's literally yeah. like mm, yeah that's yeah, true yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. also i realized in this film that the gays the gays have poisoned my mind because um i can't remember at which point this was at but do you know when oliver is running around naked i can't uh, it might be at the end the very um, end is when you see the full... Yeah, you see, like, his penis <laughs> as he's running around. And I realised that the gays had poisoned my mind because I was wondering to myself if this was a prosthetic dick or not. Yeah. If it's, no, I know. If it wasn't, it looks very realistic and great. Well, in that last scene... But I, mean, I would never even really think like... like that, but it's gay people online has made me start wondering <laughs> about things like, are there attachments or is this the real deal? No, that he that was his real dig. But he they was they like w- swinging and twirling and all hmm. that. I mean, that, no. they do use. I I know this because I'm gay. They do oh, use like prosthetics. Prosthetic. When they show a hard penis, they're typically using prosthetics because I think that I think that maybe that pa- passes some sort of decency laws. Like you actually can't just like put porn in like a mainstream movie theater. Well, and it you would know? be hard to maintain an erection I exactly mean, i thought it was more about that like yeah no, you it's know. probably that too but i would also guess that if you have an actual hard penis at that point you're making uh, maybe that's like the line that's where you're actually making porn now <laughs> you're no longer <laughs> you're no longer making a movie like you're showing you know you're showing a real sexual arousal um but yeah so he jacob jacks off in the bath and then he goes and, the bath. and that was definitely a throwback to the talented mr ripley because there's the famous scene in The Talented Mr. Ripley when Jude Law is in the bathtub and um, Matt Damon asks if he can get in the bathwater with him. Mm. And they were like, we're going to one-up that. We're going <laughs> we're gonna to make it even, even grosser. Um, yeah, so he fucks the grave. And then I thought this, I thought she did again. I like this actress a lot. And then that night he finds Venetia in the tub and she gives her a little moth speech. And I thought she was, I thought she kind of, bodied that i, I thought, thought it was that a good, was good yeah it was a good performance she basically tells him like she basically reads his number she's like you're a you know you're a sick individual who's like obsessed with my family and you yeah, know she's like you're wearing his cologne or whatever it yeah because it felt like she was threatened 
it felt like she was threatening him and like letting him know that she'd like read him but then by the end of the speech it felt like she was letting him know that he was that she was like giving up which i found bizarre well, I feel like he kind of broke her completely in that scene because then he tries to kiss her and she sort of, and then she bursts, you know, and then she bursts into tears. And Oh, actually, this is where it lost me once and for all. So she was like <laughs> angrily, she was like angrily like saying all that stuff and then they started kissing and I was like, oh, come on. Like, you know. Yeah, gonna- no, that was unreal. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was where it started to go downhill for me. Anyway, and then are are we supposed to assume she killed herself? That was weird, too. I feel like they didn't really explain. Yeah, we're supposed to think that she slit her wrist in the bath. Yeah, I thought he killed her, but I guess it's ambiguous. Also, it's kind of like, you know, we found out later because it showed, I think it was only showing it for a split second, so I can't be totally sure, but it looks like he takes two razor blades and put, he drugs her probably, and then he takes two razor blades and puts them on the side of the bath, but Mm -hmm. that's pretty fucking brutal if you're drugging someone and then you're slitting their wrist for them. That's a really insane way to kill someone. Yeah, and they kind of, I mean, like, not, again, not to be autistic, it's a movie, I don't, not everything has to make 100% sense, but it's like, there seems to be, like, no investigation of, like, Felix's death, like, you know what I mean? Like, this young guy dies at this aristocrat's house, and there were drugs involved, like, it just seems like there would be some major sort of investigation type thing i mean all these i guess it's plausible okay the brother dies and he he insinuates that it was because they were doing cocaine and he overdosed and then but that's crazy yeah how much cocaine do you have to do to overdose on cocaine i mean it's like yeah you'd have to like do well these days not not these days not that much but yeah i'm just and then i'm like i don't know so anyway it just seemed like this whole thing all these important people were at this party and someone overdoses on drugs i mean that to me at least in america that would be a scandal sort of thing but maybe i don't no. I don't know what would happen over here. I don't know whether it would happen. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, but, I guess it would, yeah. But yeah, it was around that. The, when, the point where I was like, okay, this is a little bit cringe, even <laughs> though I was willing to go with it up to the, the <laughs> grave humping and all that, was when they actually at the very end did the little like montage reveal of like, he did, he like, Oliver planned everything the whole time or whatever. It was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I got when, that. When, you know? when, when Venetia like snogged him after she'd been, yeah. come at him, I, that was a bit where I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> sake, babes. But then actually, yeah, when it did the little montage, it had Rosamund Pike strapped up on that live support machine and then he like turns out whatever it is that he does and then the little montage and I was like, this is, Silly. yeah and oh, like he's he's supposed he, to have gotten away with that how did he make her so sick and yeah, yeah how did he get yeah. the stones out of the water because he had all the stones with everyone's names on and why did he do that i don't i don't know and then like the other thing that was unrealistic <laughs> to me is think about this stuff that like my friend like just pauses stuff when we watch it together and she's like you do realize this isn't a documentary mel don't you yeah. like, well, i know i know but we're you know being on twitter you're like a little autistic anyway about stuff and like the rules are like weird but yeah so that's that's the end he basically it gets revealed he was doing it the whole time he kills rosamund pike's character and then there's he does the dance scene to murder on the dance floor which i'm happy that song is having a little bit of a renaissance i like mm. that song back in the day and like um, I thought it was ridiculous, but like I did enjoy that. It was just like a funny ending. I mean, obviously, I think much of the movie was literally just like fan service for the gay audience, you know. Which yeah. I think, was, you know. I mean, Jacob Elordi's in like two 
new movies after this one where he's playing like basically the same sort of like homoerotic like in one he's a serial killer and he's like on a road trip with another man it's like he's just doing like he's just become like this gay for pay like <laughs> actor like actor but he's I mean, doing whatever. All these molested like TikTok videos or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing that's funny is like he seems so weird and like not very personable. Like he seems like really awkward and weird. Like every video I see him, I him. thought that like um, it was. I thought that his English accent was really impressive because he's Australian, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's Australian. They always import their they import their actors over here. But yeah, like. He, <laughs> He totally, um, I had to look it up because I found him very believable as an upper class English person. Um, and he actually somewhat reminded me of like uh, my own version of that at Falmouth, which was someone who wasn't quite as posh, but was really posh. And his mum had died. And the only reason he, the one I knew was so personable and likable is because he had this needy aspect because his mum had died. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have become friends at all um but he was like gorgeous with like tussled tussled dark hair and yeah i thought jacob Elodi like very much summed up the feel of like a a boarding school guy i thought that was like some good acting but i haven't seen him in anything else though so i don't know if he, he's, like, he was good in priscilla too i thought he did great as elvis i mean i even to me he seems like i do feel like we kind of all like at least i don't know like have encountered people like him who sort of seem to like have it all. Mm-hmm. At least I, I, he, he looked like, you know, like the pop, like the most popular guy at my high school or whatever, <laughs> probably not as hot as him, but like something somewhere, somewhere in that range. He's like the hottest um, guy I've seen for ages though. Oh. I don't find people hot very often like that, but like I said in the chat, I feel like his Elvis levels of hot. He is ridiculously hot and he's so tall and huge. It is, I saw this funny tweet that is funny. Yeah, he's like six, seven or something, right? Yeah, he's he's really big, but it said that he sits like he's petite and that cracked me up (laughs) because there's a lot of that in the movie too, where it's like he does, he sits like he's like a tiny little, like a hundred. Oh my God, that is molested energy, isn't it? I know, it really is. And he sits like that. Like he doesn't sit like a giant man. He sits like a... Yeah, because he's trying to be as like, cute and twinky as humanly possible because that's maybe how he's survived in the industry up to now or whatever but yeah I met my I went to my friend's birthday party last night and I was talking to them about Saltburn and um it was my friend Holly and Laura and they were telling me that they'd been see, they'd seen Priscilla and their read of it was not I'd not heard anyone else say this but Holly was kind of um she said it, she was disturbed by its pedophilic energy. And I don't know because I still haven't seen it. Um, well, I mean, it's a movie about, a pedo- like, essentially it's a pedophilic relationship. Like, basically, Holly and Laura are, like, huge <laughs> Elvis fans to the extent where they brought out a song over Christmas. They brought out Blue Moon as a cover. Um, and basically they, they love him and everything. But they were saying that, like, they think it was spurred off by, like, how tiny the, the Priscilla actress was and then how big he is. It was, like, ridiculous height difference because he's, like, yeah, six foot, yeah. six foot seven, and she's, like, what, five foot? Wow. And yeah, it looks – it does look – they definitely chose those actors if they wanted to make a point about her being a victim of whatever about this. Um, Melly, I wanted to ask you, how was his accent in the movie? Because he's actually Australian, right? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah really, really good. I was, uh, yeah, like I had to look on Wikipedia because I was wondering if he genuinely was a um, mm-hmm. 
British person. Also, something else was um, Oliver. Oliver's character, his accent was like, it was making me think of like a 1950s, 1960s Northern accent, and I was wondering why. And then I looked up Barry Keegan, Keegan, whatever he's called, and he the reason why I knew something was off, and basically he's Irish, but he grew up in like foster care. Basically, the real life actor has had the life that the character was oh, pretending he had. Oh, okay. But he's he looks like he looks like someone who's had a rough. No, he really, life. yeah, he really oh. doesn't. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable as like a northerner, and the accent sounded sort of at once very on point, but then sort of old fashioned. And I realized it was because as an Irish person, the way that he's learned the accent, the way that he's taken on the accent, it makes it sound like, not the way the Beatles sounded in the olden days or something, it's like a slightly different type of Northern accent. Or like the guy out of Kez. I thought he sounded like that. But yeah, he, he the actor is the real deal of um, mm. what Oliver was trying to be. Poor Irish guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of anything. I mean, yeah, I think it's, I, I, I wonder like to A's point, if like, this is what movies are now, like there's not going to be like any like blockbusters anymore. There's just sort of going to be these like movies that end up on streaming really fast. <laughs> and it's like, it's just kind of like a niche, like gay movie. <laughs> like, is that all we're going to get anymore? I don't know. It seems it's... that way. And like, I will say just in my personal life, like basically the only people I know who go like see movies, like go out to the theater are gay guys. And like a huge percentage of them, the like the, just the ones that I know are still do that. Which is, is that does your brother does your brother go to the movies a lot? <laughs> uh, no, but a lot of other gay guys that I know. I mean, my my partner and I go to like one movie a week, so we're we're, yeah. we're definitely living that stereotype. Yeah. We go to, we go to the movies a lot. Is it expensive um, over there? Because it's extremely expensive to go to the pictures over it. We call I call it the pictures because I'm a granny, but everyone loves <laughs> it because it's called. The it's expensive, but it's like an easy thing to do. I mean, like because I'm a little bit outside the city, so we can just drive and park right outside the movie theater and walk right in. <laughs> so it's just like an easy. And then I like one thing I like when I'm working in the city in, in New York is like. They do have all the independent movie theaters in New York, so I can go see like weird, like foreign films and stuff if I want, like after work, if I just want to like come down from my day and vape in the back of the <laughs> hit my elf bar in the back of the theater. And yeah, I especially, really need to like start going to the cinema again. It's fun, and especially in the summer, I'll say. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just go because I'm gay. But in the summer <laughs> in New York, it's like almost impossible to find anywhere that's air conditioning but a movie theater. Oh, oh right, but because uh, even like even like the restaurants like are barely air conditioned because all the buildings are so old. So if you want to feel, so yeah, you want to, yeah. This is why I relate to New York so much because it <laughs> used to be the most British of all of the American places in that, like in loads of ways, like it's sort of like grim and gray. That yes. The people are like <laughs> cynical and sort of not all creepy like other Americans are. And then, yeah, the lack of air conditioning. We don't have any air conditioning over here. Yeah. There's no air conditioning. And then in like the, um, and then in the other, the other way that I feel like, well, I mean, historically speaking, it makes sense. New York would feel the most British because it was like the city that was, closest to our it's our like oldest big city mm, yeah, you know? yeah so yeah. <laughs> it's the closest to our british forefathers or whatever yeah. like i feel like la didn't even get like most of it wasn't even built till like the 30s or 40s you know I like that there was this week the other day that was like the european mind cannot comprehend this and it was just like the grid of new york 
And I was like, so true, because it's that New York is the epitome of that like American business-like practicality <laughs> where you like, you know, you call to action, like you just get things done. Like if there was a grid of like the things we would create, it would just be this mangled, ridiculous thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, wouldn't London be like... Inefficient and... <laughs> like well, all the streets are like... <laughs> but I also think it's because it came up relatively more recent, right? Like London's like a really old city. It's like a it's thousand like Roman. years old. It's like a Roman city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. London's so old. Been, I guess London happened in a gradual type of way, like expanded mm-hmm. out further and further, I suppose. Um, something I did want to say actually about the, about Oliver in the film was, um, I don't know, because they were doing such great things with with his character at first, and he did seem like a rich character. When he found out that his dad died, and him and um, Felix have been having a bit of a fallout, kind of. You know, they had a little bit of a spat, didn't they? It wasn't serious, but just a bit of a spat. And then Oliver's dad died, and he sort of went to Felix's room crying to tell him about it. I knew something was off then because. Somebody who had grown up in the type of way that he said that he had, you know, with like parents who were substance abuser, alcoholics, and he seemed very independent, they wouldn't respond like that. They wouldn't go on someone's door crying because it didn't seem to gel with like the way his personality was. So I kind of thought something was up at that point. Like, did you, did you guys like think that? I agree that that someone who had had that life, that probably wouldn't be their Mm -hmm. first reaction. I mean, I, that spat was interesting to me because I had felt not that I'm like, I've never stalked and killed a family, but (laughs) I have felt like the reason I thought maybe his character was going to be gay, Barry Kean's character was because I do feel like that's, it's sort of that, that relationship felt to me sort of like the very typical, like young gay guy obsessed with the straight, best friend (laughs) relationship which is like a very common thing for young gay guys and then they like usually you know get over it and like i and like the in felix's character felt to me like the nice straight guy (laughs) that can't quite like can't quite just be like mean about it but is like getting sort of fed up with the you know totally and i like assumed that um i realized that i thought Felix was gay the whole way through and then I'd gone off no evidence at all other than just <laughs> people saying think people thinking he's like molested on Twitter and me just I guess thinking he's gay myself but yeah there'd been no evidence to suggest that at all because he'd just been like shagging girls yeah I don't know I just thought that was I was ready for that to be reasons. What was I happening? thought he was gay too. The Oliver yeah. was um, Oliver. That's what I meant. Yeah, Sorry, I meant yeah. I thought Oliver was gay because I thought Oliver was sort of he obsessed was just with, obsessed with uh, with Felix. Yeah, but then he's like kind of ha- ha- hooks up with that girl, and I was like, oh, maybe. Yeah, but then he like he he kind of he kind of fumbled it with that too. And he did fumble it right at the, <laughs> right right when it was about to go well because he says that really mean thing to her. What did he say? Well, I don't she's even like, that... well, she, I mean, cause she, it was, the girl was into Felix and then right. Felix stood her up and she saw Oliver. And so she was like, start wanted to hook up with him basically to piss off Felix. And she was like, Oh my, do you think he's going to be really jealous <laughs> or whatever? And he, and, and Oliver's just like, honestly, I don't think he'll even notice. <laughs> also, isn't she the girl that was being mean about Oliver earlier? Yes. Yeah. And he said, and oh, clearly, she... invite him to the party. Like, he looks like he gets all of his clothes from Oxfam. 
She clearly was using him, but I just thought it was funny because he was so close to getting laid by this. Yeah, hot exactly. Girl. He should have just kept up the ruse and been like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna be so mad." Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna piss him off. Um, well, I don't know. I'm glad you guys liked it. I'm surprised A watched it. I was ready for you not to have not to have watched it. <laughs> I mean, I figured it was literally like free on Amazon, and I, you know. I it is no right excuse. there, like right near, yeah. <laughs> right near home. Um, who was your favorite character? Who who did you both like the best? If you had to choose, did you? Because like, like, I was watching it with my friend, and like he at one point was like towards the end, he was like, I don't, fe- I don't relate to any of these characters. I don't care about what happens to them. I don't have any empathy for them anymore. And I was like, just try and stick with it. And then it got more and more ridiculous. Um, so it kind of like loses you at the end. But yeah, who did you both think was like the best character? For me, it was Rosamund Pike's character. She was the funniest and had the best lines. Um, and I love rich middle-aged women who are like sort of bitches. So it's like the real housewife syndrome. So that was for me. <laughs> what did you think? I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I liked Farley in like a love to hate mm-hmm. kind of way. You know, he was very fun to watch. I'll, you know, I thought that actor uh, gave a good performance. Yeah. It's interesting he's not getting talked about more on gay Twitter. He's a good looking guy. And he's I know. Really, what is that? Yeah, he's not really getting as much attention. Well, he didn't really know. like show any skin or anything, right? No. <laughs> Who did you think was the best Melly? Maybe Rosamund Pike, actually. Yeah, she. I mean, she's like a great actress just in general. So. Yeah, I kind of liked that whole like sort of slightly vacant. Um, dead behind the eyes but you could tell she had some like youth and vigor at some point and she's sort of like evil but in like a sympathetic way like she, I, th- I thought she was like a richer character than she first than she first appeared but now that I'm thinking about it like overall the feel and the style was great but it's difficult to pick apart the characters individually because it kind of just works as a whole really doesn't it it's more like the feel of it um yeah it's definitely a vibes movie instead of like a a deep deep character work movie (laughs) yeah yeah. i also kind of liked their age gap relationship of just like he was richard e grant the dad was like a lot older than rosamund pike but i thought it really worked because i thought it was like that was like a hot age gap couple because um, (laughs) you could kind of see what they both wanted out of each other it wasn't ridiculous and it seemed kind of like nice um no it definitely like yeah i mean that's a situation where that really worked Mm because Clearly he he had all this money and wanted like a hot younger wife. And she was like sort of a party girl that wanted to settle down and have kids. And <laughs> I mean, it's not like he was a bad looking guy either. Exactly. Yeah. He was like older, but good looking. Mm-hmm. I thought it was realistic too when the dad was like trying to pay Oliver to leave. And it was after, I guess it was after the daughter had also died. I thought that was. How much, how much money are they supposed to have? Because I was thinking about that too. I was like, could Oliver say like 1 million pounds right now? And would that get, would that check get written? Like I was trying to figure out like how rich these people, cause I was thinking about it. I was like, they maintain this ridiculous house, which all I'm the sure servants takes and shit. all the servants. Like it seems like they have at least 20, maybe even more 30 people to maintain that house. Um, you know, they're able to throw a 200 person party with, you know, like that, that, that in and of itself had to cost. I don't even know. I mean, like, $50,000, $100,000. I don't know what it co- yeah. costs to throw I, something I like this. This was also, the thing is, I wouldn't know because I'm not from a background like that. And I've only had experiences 
by meeting people down south or like when I went to uni but like uh, I feel like the people who live somewhere like in a state like that in reality would be so old money that they like wouldn't have any actual liquid money it would all just be that they you know they've got titles and they've got this house but it's all decaying around them I feel like that would be more realistic and the people who've got lots of like liquid cash are usually the people where they're quite posh but it's and their dad maybe works for some like stockbroker firm or something but who knows like I'm, I'm sure there are <laughs> people like this that exist but I've definitely never met them yeah because I thought that was the whole thing like with the British aristocracy is that like a lot of them don't have like crazy money anymore I mean they're still like living nice lives but like you can only inherited wealth can only go so far you know yeah like there's this it's just like stupid news page that was the home page when i worked with this company that i left recently and every time i'd go to go on like our work portal it would take you to the msn page it's got all these clickbait articles and i'd get like involved with reading them ridiculously and one one of the articles was about um there's this amazing estate in scotland not unlike the one in this program and how the family had had this since i don't know like 1349 or something like that and that they've had to sell it because they can't afford to run it anymore but it had been in the same family for such a long time and I think a lot of it is in real life is kind of like that yeah I went to I went to an estate in Italy they might just be living in normal places now because they've sold uh, the land and stuff yeah, I went to this place in Italy last summer, which wasn't like that. It was like the family still owned it and they'd had it since like 1100, but they were now, and they still went there part of the year, um, but they were giving like, two, you know, we were there on a tour because it was like, yeah. they they had they had to like open it up to the public. Yeah, and like, They really had like crazy amounts of money. You wouldn't be on a tour in there, would you? But like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering now, I wonder if there are really any families that are outside the literal royal family in the UK that do live like in Saltburn. They kind of must be because, like, do you remember, these aren't British people, but Q, was it you that I commented on one of your posts about that Lara Cosima Don... Duncan Schmack, Hender Schmack, whatever she's called. Some like crazy, like. Oh, you sent me that. Yeah. I mean, there must be some, because like, isn't like, uh, yeah, you sent me her. She's she like a crazy girl. Is she royalty or was she just like, who? who you I think she's just a rich girl. I, I Googled her. I think she's just like a really rich, but like, aren't, weren't, wasn't Diana's family like that? Like, aren't the Spencers sort of. They're like lords and ladies. Um, they're like, but they like live, like she like grew up in like an estate. I remember reading that. Basically. I think, I mean, there must be some who manage to kind of navigate that transition. And like, I don't know, like if you own some big piece of like a different companies or, you know, like banks or something, I feel <laughs> like you could just coast off that, you know, just... Yeah, but yeah, if you, if, you, if you invested right. it right, if yeah. you found a way to get it into the financial yeah. markets. I also know um, a lot of them, this was like a thing that's very so gay that I know this, but um, there was this big thing in the late 1800s where a lot of British lords who ran out of money married super wealthy American heiresses. Right. And that kind of gave a lot of those country homes an infusion of... yeah you know, cash. Yeah, they, wanted like, to, they wanted to be princesses. In the, yeah, in exactly. <laughs> That's good two things to put together because then you've got like the old money vibes and then the actual liquid cash and yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that the girl that I mentioned, that Lara Cosima Henkel von Donnerschmark, um, 
She looks like a little princess. She looks like the girl out of that animated, that Frozen film. And her house is literally like, you can say, her house is literally like Saltburn. And it's just her running around, like having parties, like um, wearing like little outfits, basically with like a little fairy wand and a crown on. Um, and yeah, maybe she was like royalty in her own country. Someone told me, it might have been UQ, that like she got, the communists ran them out of their own country and they had to leave and go somewhere else. And I think she might be, she's somewhere, I think she's in France now. But yeah, like I'm sure there's plenty of these people, but we just don't normally get to see them. But maybe she- Well, this, would, the would, smart would, thing to do if you are those people is to not publicize They don't yourself. advertise totally. it, yeah. <laughs> People who really influence. have a lot of money, you don't advertise it. Yeah. Exactly. So the fact that she is doing it, considering that- mm. Mm-hmm. her family got run out by communists for this type of behavior it's like a bit risky um but yeah like maybe she started this because of this whole salt burn trend maybe that's why she's now <laughs> posting like this i don't know <laughs> i would hide it so i would not talk about it very much because i would want to be i want to keep my money and not but you know there's all sorts of sinister evil people who <laughs> hoard money and live in chalets in switzerland and stuff i'm sure they they exist <laughs> Uh, well, do you guys have anything, any final thoughts? I think we can, I think we did good. We're at an hour 20. Anyone want to yeah. give us any? We didn't get into J6, but I suppose. What's that? Oh, it's okay. Yeah. January 6th. <laughs> oh yeah, it's January 6th. The it, it, anniversary of the worst, yeah. biggest, terrible, most, the death what, of what was it supposed to be again? The death of Demar. Oh. Yeah. We, we lived we lived through a coup yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean yeah we don't need to just just please people don't fall for this shit that's all i want to really say it's an election year they're trotting it out again god donald trump is evil he's gonna be a dictator you know we're just going around in circles really aren't we yeah <laughs> It does suck that we're like basically back in 2016 again. Like I feel like we kind of are. But now, like yeah, a... we have January 6 that happened, so they can actually be like, "See, like he is, like he did, he is a dictator." <laughs> yeah. Don't fall for it, guys. I agree. Donald it's... Trump again, but we've like slightly less hair, and we've all got slightly less energy. And we <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it makes me sad because I was hoping that if he did get elected again, which I don't, I mean, who knows, but I was like hoping that uh, everyone would kind of just be like, who, who gives a fuck? Because we've had like an essentially dead president for four years. Like that's barely, that's barely even functional. And like everything is like kind of fine. Like in our day-to-day lives, it's fine. And I was like, so I, I was hoping everyone would get to that point where they were like, oh, it doesn't really matter who the president is. No, like they haven't, as everyone not. No, no, they're not they're like not. that. Like people, people I meet in real life are still like, Donald Trump is going to destroy us. Yes. People are still. Oh, no, wow. I literally. I'm still, I'm still encountering that in person. Yes, that, that was my one. I, I spent a lovely, a, a largely lovely holiday with my family um but that was like the oh, yeah one... so you said talking about how you were trying your very best just to like keep your gob shut and like yeah, yeah exactly that was you... after day one because on the first day we got into an argument basically about trump and january 6th and the election so after that i just dropped it but yeah no it was like the same shit it was like wow. yeah you know I kind of ruined a Hanukkah dinner with my boomer friends by, uh, I, I have some older friends and they were like going, they were going down a whole, like, uh, Trump is like, like, yeah, they were doing the whole, like, he's going to be a dictator thing. And I was like, Oh, come on guys. You can't believe that at this point. You guys have so much more life on me. Like surely you've seen, 
many iterations of <laughs> well, various... it makes no sense. Like he already got elected, and then he allegedly did his coup, which, and then he got uh, allegedly again uh, not elected, and then he left. He didn't. So, like, what? Yeah, he never built what, the wall. The yeah. wall didn't happen. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, he didn't do anything. He said it's he just. Was, it was just our friendly, and, like, yeah. low energy SSRI president, and it was fun. Yeah. And like, who cares? <laughs> the people who were trying to say that it was a—that was what I got in the argument with at dinner. Is they were trying to like say it was a coup, and I was like, "That's absurd." I was like, "Do you understand what countries?" Because, like, you know, my family is partially from Thailand. I'm not Thai, but my my dad remarried a Thai woman. Anyway, whatever. And like, that's a real country that has military coups and yeah. things like that. And I'm like, Americans don't understand yeah. what a coup is. It's like yeah. the streets are filled with tanks and yeah. you like can't leave your house because like you'll get shot in the face. And yeah, it's I was like... Say, I was in Thailand and I can't remember if it was like somewhere around 2010, 2011. And some, there was like a coup that happened and everyone, I was scared and my boyfriend was scared and people wanted us to get out of there because, um, you know, like people get raped and killed and there's loads yes. of- Yes, it's, it's really scary and awful. It's not what happened on January 6th. Well, a coup yeah, fundamentally has to be backed by the fun. military. Yeah, like you can't yeah. just have a guy be like, no, actually I'm still president or whatever, and, which isn't even what happened by the way, but, or even just random people ransacking a government building. It's not like, even if they did occupy the, the uh, capital for a period of time, which they didn't really, but that would not amount to a coup. That just means they like were in a building, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you need to have something behind the coup, which in, which really, which is almost always the military, because the closest thing we got to it in recent times is um, the our army said that if Jeremy Corbyn got in as our prime minister, um, that he that the military would like basically do a coup like against the government. <laughs> There'd be some like crazy internal thing that happened. So yeah. I thought that was kind of strange, but that's the only thing I've heard of in this country that's anything like that in recent times. That's yeah. closer than what we had on January 6th. <laughs> well, and like the you can, I mean, there arguably there have been coups in America, one being like the JFK assassination, which which I think is more accurate to like what an actual coup is, mm. where you have an actual shift in like who is controlling the levers of power. Whereas here, it was just literally just like, it was basically a riot in a, in the Capitol, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> you know, well, speaking I, of J the JFK thing, I watched the video for National Anthem by Lana Del Rey the other day. Uh, ASAP Rocky is JFK. That was a nice, <laughs> nice little... Have you seen it? Nice yeah. yeah, I like the video. Love um, all right guys let's uh let's call it I know, yes. i'm gonna go do my thing but love you melly love you a yeah. love you listeners we'll see you next week all right bye bye